after buzzers, before we move on, we would like to say thanks to our sponsor, Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Plus, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Also, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Plus, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. And it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. I'm Maria Menunos, and you're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. Here at the recently built Islamic Center where a man who was peacefully protesting was beaten to inches of his life by a man who had recently converted to Islam. Mia Khalifa's one of us too. That's right, we're talking Hulu's Rami season two, episodes three and four, episode three, Little Omar, episode four, Mia Khalifa.mov. And we're back with the wonderful crew all the way to my right, possibly my left. It's online, who knows? Amir Yas is with us. Hello. And of course, resident cultural explainer Mina Wahab is in our presence as well. Hey guys, what's up? And then we have the other point of view, the diehard Muslim herself, Nikki Bailey. Trying to compensate, and I just found myself uncomfortable and wanting everybody to just 
resolve it and like stop being weird. Why can't we all just get along? The wisest words ever uttered. I think that this was an amazingly brilliantly done episode. Of course, we get this mystical element to the sheikh towards the end and the wise or possibly bitterness of be the dog after finding the dog. We understand Rami's responsibility. And if I felt that Nico's compatibility and once again, his trying was something, even though done harshly, was done in retrospectively respect. So I really enjoyed this episode. Let's discuss that news segment, of course. I feel it triggered everyone in the room. Mina, how did you feel about the news segment specifically? I felt like it was really based in reality. I mean, I feel like Rami was, in a sense, the show was like mocking it, um, like kind of like really shining like a light on it and like making fun of like, this is like what really happens. And like, look at how ridiculous this is because we know what happened. We saw it with our own eyes. We understand the backstory of the white man who had PTSD and decided to do this. And I think what's so interesting is that typically in the American news media, white people usually are labeled as having mental illness when they commit a terrorist act. Um, and Middle Eastern people are labeled terrorists when they commit those exact same acts. So it was really interesting to see that this is like one of the very first times where we don't see in the American news media a white man being labeled as someone with mental illness, even though he had PTSD, we see him being labeled a terrorist and how convenient that he's labeled a terrorist because he was a recent Muslim convert. It was so convenient for the whole narrative of look at these horrible acts that are being committed by Muslims. And they kind of like the, the news, that, that whole segment kind of showed like, oh, had this person not been Muslim, would they have done that? Um, so I, I just, yeah, it was it was really unsettling to watch that. It was very unsettling. It does happen too often. Amir Yas, what were your thoughts? Um, I think that I said enough about that. We can move on. I mean, the, the news media is always going to be biased. I really don't have anything to add. And Nikki was referring to her, her personal experiences. Was there anything particular about the news segment that you found resonated the most with you? I was just fascinated that Muslim trumped white in that in that scenario. You know that like you know you're kind of you you kind of always wonder like ah, you know what's going to be the thing? Is this going to be a white guy with PTSD who lost his mind, or is it? But it, but it is interesting to see that to white folks, once you become Muslim, you just you just wanted him now. You just like you lose your whiteness. His like his the privilege of his whiteness. Uh, got lost in the fact that you know now he's now he's a Muslim and now he became a Muslim I do appreciate that perspective it's very strong there are oftentimes that people of color do watch the news hoping that the the arbitrator of a crime is not similar to them in some way because it may reflect poorly on them going to the hospital to visit patient uh, Nico we see Dina and the sheikh have an interaction and Dina has a little bit of a crush. Mina, do you have a crush on the sheikh as well? <laughs> I love Mahershala Ali, but no, I don't have a crush on him. Uh, I thought that was really funny, like pretty random. And I love how she just like goes up to him and the daughter really knows what's going on in this instant. You can tell she's like, what the hell? Like get off my dad. Like, this is so weird. Um, and I love how she's like, oh, like I can give you my number, my email, like whatever just really funny because I've never seen like 
you know, the, da the daughter in that light before. I mean, we saw the Starbucks interaction in season one uh, and that was a little, she was a little bit more timid. And I feel like she's a lot more confident now because she's like stepping into her Muslim identity to kind of like win the sheikh over. Well, she does stepping into her Muslim identity. I'm sure if there's one person who has a crush on Maharshala, it's going to be Amir Yas. Amir, what were your <laughs> thoughts on Dina? Why would you say that? Because I'm gay? That's bizarre. Actually, no. Um, I have a crush on Maharshala, and I was assuming that you uh, and I had some had some camaraderie in that respect. But if we I was wrong, I, if I was mistaken, I'm wrong. I'm so sorry. No, 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 Tyron, you're right. He's adorable. And I'm going to call him Ali from now on because I'm not going to say the name every time in the, in the interest of time. Um, <laughs> Ali is adorable. I think, he, uh, I think a lot of people are attracted to mystical or spiritual people because they have a centripetal force that attracts you. Um, Ali is gorgeous on his own, but being a sheikh playing that role, um, I definitely found myself being like, wow, this is why I didn't go to Saturday school because the sheikhs are hot, honey. Are they? Are they? Okay. Well, I guess I was more right than you gave me credit for, Nikki. I uh, I have a theory. I call it uh, I call it spiritual seduction. That people who are uh, spiritual leaders tend to be appealing and seductive, um, whether they intend to or not. Uh, I think that there's something that people are drawn to with that like mystic sort of connection to God thing. So um, also, uh, you know, Dina's just right. Maharshalan is, is hot. Your shake is hot is an accurate statement. And he is extremely if, hot. And if that is what it takes to get you to get right with your walk, then that's fine. Well, if that's what it takes, we'll see what complications that leads to. Dina's crush wasn't the only interaction that happened at the hospital. Of course, at the hospital, we do get the sense that the community is there praying. And we meet Ron, who is Nico's brother. Nico's not joining ISIS. That's what he wanted to tell them. Nikki, what would you want to tell Ron? Uh, well, first, to enjoy his shawarma, um, you know, like that. <laughs> no need to fear the shawarma. Um, uh, I think that, I, I don't think I would tell Ron anything. I think that Ron, by the time it was all said and done, obviously still has a lot of stereotypes and a lot of ignorance to overcome, but prayer is prayer. And I think that he, you know, he recognized that, 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 that the, the heart of this man was in the right place. He wanted to pray for his brother. Hell yeah, pray for my brother. We'll do. We'll, we'll take what we can get. We'll take what we can get, Amir Yas. If there's one person on this panel who would have a crush on Ron, it's gonna be Amir Yas. <laughs> Amir? Listen, honey, I there are not enough hours in the day for, to me to talk about Ron because he triggers me in a very strong way. Growing up in Orange County, I meet a lot of people like that. Um, you know, people have said, oh, I think I saw your dad working at Subway Sandwiches. And people say some really dumb shit. <laughs> so I think that, <laughs> so, and- and let's be honest, my dad can buy and sell you, honey. He don't work at Subway. Um, but that's not here nor there. But what I'm trying to say is people like Ron, I love the way, you know, the daughter of the sheikh was like, oh, I don't know if the shawarma is spicy. I didn't prepare it. So that really taught me a lot in kind of humility and being humble and the way that she was just truly kind of putting her, you know, her words where her mouth is and going, listen, I'm going to be an example. I'm not going to pop off on it which would have been very easy to do, let's be honest. It would have, it could have been very easily, even the way she handled being told she speaks English very well, though she was born in the United States. Mina, has that ever happened to you? 
um, that I speak English very well? No, because I think people don't realize that I'm Arab. I think a lot of people think I'm Mexican or other. I think people don't know necessarily what Arab looks like. Um, it's definitely happened to my mom. And I think that's where I get the most offended because she's a doctor who is highly educated, really good at what she does. On top of that, she works with veterans, especially veterans who have PTSD from going and fighting in wars like the Iraq war. Um, which I find like I'm fascinated at how she can treat her patients and and not be triggered by that at all. That's amazing. Um, what did you think of the way Zainab handled herself and Ron overall? Um, I think the way Ron handled himself was really funny in the sense that his kid is on life support and he's just like taking this bite out of his shower with sandwich. Like there's no like it almost feels like he's compartmentalizing like what's going on. Um, and it doesn't feel like he's super connected to his family. Um, I notice like a different uh, element between the way he is towards this situation versus like the unity within the Muslim community and how people who are complete, you know, strangers to this person are coming and supporting and, and supporting him in a sense, um, even though they were treated with such hatred. So I see a huge difference in the way the father is versus these random Muslim strangers. And once again, just to let all our listeners and viewers know, understand that when we're speaking about the you or the, or the white people, it's all rhetorical, it's, it, it's encompassing, it's referring to the people in the show. And of course, in no way, shape or form uh, resonating with everybody who exists. We all know this. There is a difference between the way the Middle Eastern community would handle this exact same situation uh, with grievance in regards to grieving than possibly American families would. There is sometimes a different type of closeness that happens in Middle Eastern communities. And I think that's what the scene was supposed to portray as well. We also get the concept of the shawarma. No matter who you are, everyone loves shawarma. Rami, is he responsible for what happened? Yes or no, Mina Wahab. Um, I think everyone has to take responsibility for their own actions, but is are the parents of like the Columbine shooter responsible for what happened? I mean, to a certain degree, you can say yes because of how they raised their children and not knowing what was going on in their kids' lives. But to a certain extent, once you're a certain age, you have to take responsibility for your own actions. So yes, Rami is responsible for not telling the truth about this person that he was bringing into the community. However, he is not responsible for the atrocious act that was committed because he was not the one to commit that act, nor did he in any way encourage that person to act in such a manner. So I think everybody should be responsible for what they do. And I think Rami's only, um, only flaw is that he wasn't being honest because for him, the ends justified the means and he just wanted to bring someone in help them whether or not that was for his own selfish desire to just like get brownie points or extra credit no one knows the intention other than god and that is like the the muslim belief i'm gonna take that as a long answer yes a short answer no amir yas how do you feel about the same exact question um i think that the fact of the matter is like you're on your own path so i think it's important that i kind of mirror what mina was saying as well i don't want to add too much to it we can move on well, Nikki, we're uh, going to move on to Nikki, Amir. We have a third <laughs> member in this group who we love to hear from. Nikki, what were your thoughts? You lead it. Uh, I don't think that Rami is responsible for Dennis's actions, but Rami is responsible 
for bringing Dennis into the community in a way that didn't allow Dennis to get the support he really needed so that this whole thing could have been avoided. So I think Rami needs to take responsibility for that because he could have introduced him to the, you know, to the community in a way that allowed him to get support so that he wouldn't have acted out in the way that he did. And I also just wanted to say quickly about Zainab, I think that a lot of Americans don't understand um, African-American Muslims. And so, mm -hmm. uh, so to, to meet a Muslim who is black and born in America uh, was probably confusing for Ron because he doesn't really, to not understand how that works or well, how I, that could be a thing. I think it typically has to do with the fact that she was in hijab. Um, familiarity with black Muslims, the concept tends to be if a person's black and Muslim, they probably went to jail. If they're black and Muslim, then they're part of Nation of Islam, which is different and separate from Islam as a whole. Right. It's, it's different. So a lot of people do mis, uh, misconstrue African-Americans in Islam. And as far as Rami's responsibility, it feels as if Rami, it feels guilty himself because we see him lying and trying to hold back information from the sheikh as they visit Dennis in jail. What were your thoughts of the Dennis jail scene? Amir Yas. Um, I really loved this scene. I thought it was really wonderful and it really showed what a good actor Rami and Ali are, the way that they were able to kind of have this banter without having a conversation. And you, Rami also felt like Ali's child. He was like, I don't want to go see him because he was in trouble. He knew that Dennis was going to expose the truth. And let's be honest, Dennis did not hold back. He said, he told me it's okay that I killed multiple people. I kidnapped someone. And I'm like, little Omar, we never heard about little Omar. What the hell? Little Omar was magied last episode. And this time it was, yeah. we were, I told you, I definitely told you about kidnapping little Omar. I definitely told you about that one. That one I told you about. Mina? Yeah, no, I, I love how you just like added that part in there that we had no idea. And Rami just sounds like a total liar because he is lying about a majority of it. And I love how Rami's just like, that's between you and Allah, man. Like, don't bring that into here. It's fine. It's fine. And how, you know, he's just like, thanks, Rami, man. Like, you really get me. I just thought that whole dynamic was really funny. The dynamic is very funny. I loved how it portrayed itself. Nikki, are you in agreement? I am in agreement. I, 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 I kept thinking, poor Dennis, but I also was just amazed at how um, uh, Maharshalan and, and Rami played the tension of that. Like, I was so uncomfortable and I wanted, and, but I also was like hysterical at the fact that, that Rami was trying to cover while Dennis was trying. It was just, it was such a beautifully done scene and so funny and such great, such great performances from all of them. I agree with Amir how they were able to communicate without talking seemed to be so strong. In the next scene, we see Sheikh actually talking and communicating in a single line when he simply says, Hey everybody, before we move on to our next topic, I do want to let you know about Anchor because Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. It gives you everything you need in one place for free, just like this show, which you can use right from your phone or computer. They have creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast so it sounds great, just like this one. And they'll even distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard everywhere podcasts are heard, like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and so many more. You can easily make money from your podcast too with no minimum listenership. Get started today by downloading downloading the Anchor app, or you can go to anchor.fm. All right, guys, let's get back to the show. 
for Rami to stop because it's not their time to walk. Discipline is a muscle. That's the lesson that we learn as we go to find the dog. The piece of information Dennis gives, Boomer is still stuck in this car. And you know how people get triggered when they find out a dog is stuck in the car? Amir, on the quest to find the dog, we learn that dogs are haram or they're not. What are your thoughts on this? So there's a beautiful story they mentioned in the Surah Al-Kaf. So the Surah Al-Kaf is all about these people go to sleep in a cave for 300 years. God protects them by doing that. And the dog watches over them. So this idea that dogs are haram is a thing for prayer. But as far as being in your house and protecting your house and being around it, it's totally fine. So I want to make that very clear. A lot of people in the Middle East have dogs. We have Pomeranians, honey. We are living just like Americans do. So I want to make that very clear. Um, so that aside, um, I think the whole dog narrative is really beautiful because even in the middle of prayer, the sheikh runs when he hears the dog. And I think that protecting- Well, he actually finishes prayer. He makes sure to finish his prayer. Okay, but he didn't do like the after prayer or any kind of stop. He grabbed the, the rug and he ran out of there. So I think that's, again, a reminder to Muslims who walk over people to pray and fast. You have to be good to people, even a dog, right? Even an animal. He, like, um, like Tehran said, he finished the prayer, but then he didn't even wait and he ran to the dog. Actually, so I want to make that distinction because it's very important. And they made sure to denote that in the show. Not only did he finish his prayer, he did look to his neighbor and then he ran. It was very, okay. it was very brief. It was very abrupt. However, he did so. So he completed it. Uh, he mm -hmm. came to a com completion before he ran, which was very important mm -hmm. and a part of the narrative. So I want to make sure mm -hmm. to make sure we have that distinction. Mina, Can you explain why that was important? Why why was it so important that he end but get to the end of the prayer before he went? Because during a uh, during a namaz during during the prayer, what would happen is typically nothing would interrupt you. So if we have a family where, uh, for example, a mother is praying and the child wants something, they will continue their prayer, and then they will attend to the child right Absolutely. after, knowing, of course, you're still conscientious of the fact that things are going on, you would continue on with it. And that's part of mm -hmm. the discipline that uh, Sheikh Malik was, was referring to. Mina, what would happen if you brought a dog home to your family? Oh, they'd freak out. They'd big time freak out. So it's it's a little more complicated. I have a, a stepmom who is really devout Muslim. She wears the hijab. Um, and I my actual mom uh, is religious, but she doesn't wear the hijab. Um, and she just has a fear of dogs. So so that's that's why she'd freak out why both of them would. My dad loves dogs. Um, but from my stepmom's point of view, who's more conservative Muslim, um, she does think that dogs are like unclean and like that's, and she prays five times a day. So it kind of like would interrupt her flow and how she does things. But, um, I, I think that the term haram is used so, uh, liberally <laughs> within the Muslim and Arab community, because I just, I'll get into this during the special segment, but I really do feel like it's a way of just being like, no, we don't want this. So you just say that it's haram. It's so ridiculous and it's so overused. frustrating. Yeah. It can be overused, and especially with dogs, it's very, it's a very delicate situation. Even in my home, I remember having, I never had a dog, but my uh, youngest brother brought home a dog one time, and then my parents hated it until they loved it. And then it became part of the family, which we do talk about a little later, because we do find the dog, and then the sheriff turns and says to Rami, uh, because of everything that happened, maybe it was too soon, says it in the most mystical of ways, but basically, look into the dog's eyes. There's only trust and love. Be the dog. Um, 
and also makes mention of the fact that Islam is like an orange. There is an outer part and an inner part as told to him by his teacher, a female, I would like to add. Anyone who only got the rules and rituals might think Islam is bitter, but there's an inside, a divine intimacy, a spiritual experience. The outer Sharia pro protects the inner spirituality and vice versa. These tidbits of amazing knowledge, what were your thoughts being our spiritual leader, Nikki, on spirituality and being the dog? I, I, uh... First, I wanted to say when he when he said nothing is haram, it's how we choose to engage. I was like, what? I know that. Deep, and deep. then, <laughs> and then uh, learning that his his teacher was a woman. Also, um, just uh, like I just it opened my heart in a way I did not know that was a thing in in Islam that that there were women who were teaching. And so, in um, and then finally. Um, he said, every, everything is a blessing and a curse. Both are from God, both are an opportunity. And so for me, that felt like, that felt like um, an opportunity for Rami to sort of, to, to have um, uh, an awakening um, that could happen with this dog, that there was an opportunity there if he was willing to choose that. And if he was intentional about how he chose to engage with the dog. And so it was really interesting to me, even at the end of that episode, the dog's laying on the bed, but Rami kind of backslides into his old ways. And masturbates. Yeah, and was making a choice about how to engage in haram and like something that is considered haram. So like that was really interesting to me and also um, really real. It is very real, especially having a spiritual epiphany. As you mentioned, Amir Yas, what were your thoughts on being the dog and the idea of Islam being an orange. Um, I loved it. I had to rewind it a couple of times to really understand the deeper meanings. Uh, I loved it because it was the idea that together those things are like symbiotic. So, and I love the idea of the dog and it, it's kind of a analogy for that as well. Take care of the dog and you take care of yourself. But there's an idea of being depressed or anxious and having something to take care of. I struggle with depression. If you have an animal, it really helps you to get out of the house. It helps you to recenter. So I really loved that the Sheikh did that because he knew that however depressed Rami is, he's not going to leave this poor dog. And dogs, listen, if you've had a dog, you know, they don't let you not take them for a walk. They don't take no for an answer. So I loved that. And even the dog's eye when he was jacking off was kind of like judgment. <laughs> so I loved that. I was like, the dog is there to judge you. And I love that. Here's it was shot it. very well. Of course, Rami's been sh uh, directing all the episodes. Let's get into episode four regarding Mia Khalifa, miakhalifa.mov, which is a reference to Mia Khalifa, the porn star, and her, uh, her, her portfolio of porn that exists, which Rami was clearly very familiar with. We're going to break it down as thus. The car ride, just do it. Emiratis, meaning Bin Khalid's estate, Prince Abdullah Bin Khalid himself, Mia Khalifa, we get an actual interaction with Mia Khalifa more than just a pass by. Rami's surprise, where we go for an archery lesson, Zainab's proposal that culminates at the end. Let's discuss our overall opinions on this episode four, Mina Wahab. I loved this episode as well. I feel like this was another strong episode in season two. Um, I love that they inserted Mia Khalifa into this because I definitely think it was foreshadowed um, from episode two, season two, when uh, the Sheikh or, you know, uh, Mahershala Ali says, have you ever looked into 
you know, a porn star's eyes and talk to her and, and seen how she's felt. And I thought that was so great how they just like tied that all together in this episode. I loved it. I think everything was done so well. It was done very well. Nikki Bailey, do you agree with it being done well? Oh, done so well. Uh, there was this, this, this episode was just chock full of just nuggets of yum. Um, and I also, it, interesting that um, Mia Halifa, that, that, that role was originally, they were planning Lindsay Lohan for that. They had originally planned that, uh, but then Lindsay flaked. So they ended up having an actual, you know, real porn star who, you know, herself um, understands the cultural references and, and, um, and has had to experience um, the consequences of being a porn star in her, in, yeah, in. She is so a reformed really, porn star. Yeah, yeah. So, so that was really, there, there's just so much in this. And I wished that we didn't have such a short break in between because I had so many things I wanted to Google and question and ask about. And so I can't wait to hear, to be educated and also to just like sort of celebrate. There's so much goodness in this episode. A lot of goodness. Amir, did you feel the goodness? I did. So if, if people that don't know, Mia Khalifa wore hijab while she did some of the porn. So it is quite controversial. But what I loved about the episode, I'm actually friends with a lot of porn stars and this idea of shaming them and looking in their eyes is so archaic. Um, that's BS. And I love that Mia came and she really owned her sexuality. And she was like, the people who click on me, honey, are the people yelling at me. And I was like, you better stand up for the cheap seats because that is the truth. Um, porn in the Middle East is huge for a very repressed country. So I love this episode. It really touched upon a lot of things. Um, we saw the extreme wealth and then, you know, it was match.com, who would have known? So I, I loved that. It wasn't yeah, oil. It wasn't just oil, wasn't just oil money. It was, it was also, also out of love. love. Money. love uh, money. Something that they brought up in the episode specifically was the difference in Arabic dialect. Everyone assumes all Arabic is the same. All Arabic people are the same. Uh, that is far and few between. We have the Egyptian dialect versus the Emirati Khaliji dialect, which is very important that it was denoted in the specific episode and the attitudes of some Emiratis, which I thought was brilliantly done. Of course, it's always nice to see a lot of my friends, Rami, who's a close friend of mine, but also Paul Elia, who plays the part of, Khalid, uh, of Bin Khalid's uh, uh, assistant and, and LeBron James of prayer. So shout out to all those people. We get this car ride between Zainab and Rami on the way there. And of course, beforehand, we get the, the, the advice to play the Quran, either Abdul Basit or Al-Rashid, who is like the Avicii of Quran. Recital. That made me holler. That they, Very funny. That was so good. Yeah, rest like, his soul, Avicii. Um, that car Allah ride, Zainab decides not to play anyway. Let's get there in silence. Zainab clearly a little more practical, a little more pragmatic than her mystical, enigmatic, charismatic father. What do you think about the, the car ride, Amir Yas? Um, I love the car ride. And I know that there is a lot of kind of, my mom wears hijab. There's a lot of trauma around what to do with a hijabi woman. Can I touch her? Can I shake her hand? It depends on where you are on the spectrum of hijab. So I love that she was like, just chill, bro. Like, just be yourself, chill out. Like, if you don't listen to like, you know, SoundCloud Quran, don't do it on my account. And that's what I love about <laughs> Zainab. She's so real. She's not there to kind of play a part. And I think that's why she likes Rami because Rami in some kind of messed up way is also being himself. So maybe she sees that in him and she sees kind of a better man that he could be. Mina. 
Uh, yeah, no, I totally agree with everything you just said. I, I like that as well. And Nikki? Um, hmm. I don't get it. I, I don't, I, I, I like, I mean, I mean, Rami Yusuf is adorable and the character of Rami is adorable in so many ways, but I don't understand why this incredibly practical, sensible woman uh, is like into this kind of goofball. So, um, so, so to me like that, I'm like still, they're still trying to get, like, I got to get there. Um, right. Uh, but, but, but Nikki, I, do you think it's because he's, she's president of he can get better club? You know what I mean? Like, you know, a lot of women, even really successful, sophisticated women date, and men. date for potential. Yes. Um, and it's maybe because I am no longer in that place in my life. I'm not dating for potential. You got to be where you going. Um, but like, <laughs> yeah, I didn't get that part. Um, but he's charming anyway. Right. Like, so like when you just, just Rami Yusuf himself, like just, I've never met him, but just watching his sit, like watching his work, I'm just like, oh my God, like he could get it. Yeah, right? Because he's Rami, right? Rami's so. very cute and very, very that, all that tells me is you've never been around Rami. Trust me, Rami's very cute. Um, we get the advice before Zainab goes in, just do it. That's his inspiration. We go inside and we meet Ben Khalid. If we get into the state, obviously we realize that Ben Khalid, who lives in Connecticut, is very wealthy. This is what we're talking, Emirati money, getting that Arab money. Um, what were your thoughts on Ben, ben Khalid's estate, Mina Wahab, which was a character on itself? Yeah, the, the estate itself was definitely a character. I mean, you see like the, the high gates and the intense security. Did you guys see that one security guard? I swear he looked like Steve Carell, but like Middle Eastern Steve Carell. I don't know if anyone else picked that the up. The second guy, the yeah. second guy with the yeah, bomb yeah, yeah. thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so I love that he was saying like, uh, "Open the trunk." He's like, "Iftah sanduk, iftah sanduk," and um, Rami was like, "Oh, like it's a different dialect, or like I can't hear." He's like coming up with excuses, but I could really relate to that a lot because I'm Iraqi and I speak Iraqi dialect of Arabic, and it is very different from Egyptian. It is very different from Khalid. Egyptian doesn't even count. Egyptian is its own <laughs> dialect. Isaac. I mean, it's a whole yeah, different thing. It's so I mean, different. Even iftah yeah. sanduk, even a Persian would understand sandok which is the same word so yeah 40 percent of farsi is arabic but not when you start getting into the dialect 40 yeah. percent of arabic is arabic with each right. other amir yas um listen it gave me real housewives of emirates vibes i was here for it i felt like i was home honey we walk in we have a forty-five thousand dollar highest in macaw to greet you say assalamu alaikum when i had a bird honey i never learned any of that so i was here for ben um khaled i felt like his story of being opulent, but also very lonely, um, was I really resonated with. I think a lot of people think you become wealthy and you have everyone. No, you just have staff. So I think it, and, and there was like, and I loved his character. He was like, oh, I sold someone and now he's in Yemen. Like he was selling people. I don't know what was going on, but I loved him. And I thought he was a very eccentric character. And I felt like that episode alone deserved an Emmy, just that episode on its own. If you understand Emiratis, you'll understand why it was so funny. Nikki, uh, I don't know how much exposure you've had to Emiratis, but what were your opinions and thoughts? I have not had any experience with Emiratis that I, but I will say, um, I, per, I screamed, hollered in laughter when he mentioned the white people that he owned. And, um, <laughs> Well, he collects, he collected <laughs> lions, tigers, bears, and white people, and white people. a couple in Minnesota. I, I hollered 
and and I thought, um, you know, that that he was having the you know LeBron James of prayer do his prayer for him. I was like, that's that's a level of life that I'm trying to be at at some point. I don't know how you get to it. Maybe it's just no, but I love that. I was like, yes, I'm here for this, this man's whole life. Yes. I think as a Middle Eastern person, it's the concept that with wealth, a lot of rule changes occur. And it's interesting how this does play out in the Middle East and in the concept of Islam uh, overall is the having someone pray for you uh, and having so much money that you hire Mia Khalifa to give you breast milk just so you're no longer addicted to her porn. And if that so sounds you, ridiculous, you, it's because it is ridiculous. You Unfortunately, you Amir Yas had to leave. To your mother. Amir oh. Yas had to leave. Um, thank you so much. He's jumping on an interview, but we are still going to continue on, and he will be with us in thoughts. Mia Khalifa shows up. Nikki, were you aware of Mia Khalifa before? And what were your thoughts on her now? I was aware just in doing research about the show uh, that she was going to be on the show. I didn't know, I didn't know if she was going to be playing herself or playing another character. Um, I, and then, and because of that, I did some more research on her. I, I can't imagine the courage and the fortitude it takes to 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 have made this appearance on this show like i'm wondering like what the backlash if there's going to be backlash um uh i know that she's you know she talked in the show about you know being banned from lebanon and being you know you know how she's been persecuted for the 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 porn work that she's done um i thought it was just like the most like badass television move ever like this this show is like a badass television move just in general, but to, to have him have that conversation with her and, you know, she, that just felt like badass, good television. And also like, like if you, like it, sh it should make you ask questions. It should make you ask questions about the assumptions you make about sex workers. It should make you ask questions about how porn is viewed in this country and, and around the world. It should make you ask questions about, I mean, everything. And the, the, the whole idea of hiring someone for her breast milk so that you can't jerk off to your mother. Like, it's just like craziness. And I, I, I thought it was inspired. And I thought, and, and I'm now a fan of hers. I don't know. I've never seen her porn. I don't know much about her, but I want to know her. I want to I wanna hang out with her. I want to watch her. I want to. She's a very yeah. cool person and a very cool character. I actually hired Rihanna after this episode just to get to the same point. Mina, what were what your thoughts and impressions of Mia Khalifa? Yeah, I mean, I was really glad she was in this episode. I mean, as much as I love Lindsay Lohan, I think that it makes way more sense to have someone like Mia Khalifa in this episode. Um, I think that sex is extremely taboo in Arab culture, whether you're Christian or Muslim or whatever like you are, Jewish, Chaldean, whatever, whatever, uh, whatever group you fit into, sex is super taboo within the culture. Um, in, in Islam, it's, I feel like, even more taboo. Um, there's a lot of shame associated with it, a lot of guilt. Uh, you're treated like, um, like a whore, um, and you're called horrible names if you have premarital sex, let alone on camera. Um, 
and it, it's crazy like everything she was saying about how the very people who uh who blame me and criticize me and call me these names are the very people who are watching my things like how could anyone be mad at her unless they knew what she was doing and and were watching and i think that's the part that's so hypocritical and ironic is that you know these arab men are are watching you and they're the ones who have the worst things to say about you um but at the same time, the reason why what she did was so taboo is because she's also not Muslim and she's wearing the hijab in these videos and doing sexual acts. And that had never been done before, but she has like an interview where she talks about that and how she felt kind of, in a sense, pressured to do that. And she was new to the industry and didn't really know what she was doing or agreeing to and felt a lot of pressure to to like commit uh, to the contract. So it's really sad. I think that sex workers are really taken advantage of. Um, and I'm glad that, you know, she had Rami as a platform to kind of talk about that. I'm really glad she was on uh, Rami. I thought it was brilliant on his part, having Mia who uh, actually I've known for some time and we actually have a similar birthday and we're from like the similar same area. So it's just interesting watching Mia and she did a fabulous job with being on Rami and handling her role and using that platform. We also get Rami going to the archery field because Rami means archer in Arabic. And so Ben Khalid decides that Rami must be a natural archer. And we get this bet, hit the target, I give you the money, miss the target, I get Boomer, the dog, which Rami brought along, uh, which is also something that was a tad taboo that was done. Mina, what were your thoughts on the archery scene? Uh, it felt like such a, like, UAE thing to do. Uh, not to, like, play into stereotypes, but, like, let's make a game out of this. Let's see, like, what my money can get uh, at someone else's, like, expense. Like, like, let's make this a little bit of fun. Uh, also, it is haram to gamble. I hope everybody knows this. Like, it's haram to gamble in any form. Um, Nothing is haram. It's how you use it. <laughs> it's how you use it. But gambling... But yeah, but gambling is haram, let's make that clear. Um, so I love that in order to like save the mosque, Rami is kind of conflicted and he's like, do I like give up something that was part of my commitment? Like when is it, like, when is it ethical to do something? Like do the ends justify the means? Does the how matter? And I love that he kind of like stuck to his principles and was like, no, like I'm not giving you my dog. Like this is my responsibility. You can't just buy something off of me. I felt like, you know, uh, Ibn Khalid was like treating it like some sort of like transaction for like some sort of thing for sport. Like, oh, I have the money. Uh, I have the gold. I make the rules. And I didn't like that, but well, it was very entertaining to watch. The stereotypes of the stereotypes are also present in the Middle Eastern community. Emiratis will be Emiratis. Nikki? Um, I don't know none about Emiratis, but I do know that I think that for me, the thing that um, Zainab may have made her so much more attracted to him was that Rami stuck to his guns and wasn't going to wasn't going to sell this dog, wasn't going to sell this spiritual task he had been given, um, even for the thing that would help the, the center the most. And I think that that was a, a show of, of moral and ethical strength that she found appealing. And, um, and I think that that the, that, um, that the, I, why did I, his name just leave my head? Ben I think Hallid. that the Ben Hallid, Ben Hallid, Hallid was like, 
yeah, I respect that too. Just give them the two million. That's chump yeah, change. Well, it's only two million. It wasn't two hundred, yeah, which he was still considering million. as well. Right. Because I would have been on yeah. type of money. <laughs> I would have. Yeah. I would have at that moment been like, no, 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 no. You're right. It was two hundred. Yeah. So we get <laughs> we get all of these uh, all of these put together. We get the plan actually coming to fruition. They're getting the money, even though Rami hit on the practice, missed on the actual shot so badly, everyone was surprised. Then we get back and we get this proposal from Zainab, which is Zainab has feelings for Rami and Sheikh Malik has to come to terms with it as does Rami himself. We've been speculating this since the uh, previous episode. So it's interesting to see how it will come to fruition. Yes or no, do you think that it will work out, Mina? No, it's definitely not going to work out, but I think there's going to be something there and I think it might be something beautiful, who knows? Um, I think she is attracted to Rami's like mental fortitude, but also maybe she does want to fix him. Maybe she does see that he's like trying to change and she's attracted to that bad boy element in her eyes. Like Rami's like the bad boy, but like in my eyes, he's just like an average American, American. And, and we got American. another, yeah. another long yes and a short no. Yeah, Let's yeah, ask yeah, yeah. Nikki, yeah. yes or no. Do you think it would work out between the two? I'm, I'm going to quote um, um, Ali's, the shakes uh shakes teacher and say i don't know and i thought, i don't I, know I, I you know that actually my I, I say that the thing that i learned from going to seminary was to get really comfortable with the sentence i don't know my favorite sentence and so i i loved i i yeah i don't know i i, I don't know i very profound words i actually prefer i don't know at all times let's get into our special segment raw meaning where we pick a word, a phrase, a culture, custom, and express it to all. Mina, what do you have for us today? So I'm just going to go over the word haram. And to translate, haram means forbidden. It's been used a lot in these last two episodes that we're talking about today. Um, and it's, but it's used really liberally in the Muslim culture is like, oh, this is haram, that's haram. And a lot of times I'm like, where in the Quran does it say that this is haram? Like, can you point it out for me? Because like, I really don't know. Um, and a lot of times I feel like people just interpret the Quran so broadly where like everything that falls into a certain category is Haram. And I think that's where things get a little dangerous is when you're policing what people can or cannot do. It's interesting, but Haram simply is the forbidden or prescribed uh, by Islamic law. So yeah. I hope everyone understands that and understands even more as we come back and binge watch with all of you. We're going to go into episodes five and six. Until then, where can people find you if you want to be found, Mina Wahab? You guys can follow me at Mina Makes Magic on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. And how about you, Nikki Bailey? I am at Nikki Bailey underscore on all of the social medias. And make sure to find and follow Amir Yas at Amir Yas underscore as well. And I am Tehran. Literally, I am Tehran all across the board. Follow me, find me. And of course, I host and panel on a slew of other After Buzz After Shows because all of your favorite TV shows are my favorite TV shows too. Until we come back in one hour as we go binge watch Rami with all of you. Bye. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to After Buzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principal.